Hello everyone, and welcome to Downsizing, the podcast where we try and figure out when the office actually ended, because everyone would have been fired. My name is Curtis, and I'll be your host, and with me is my co-host and resident office expert, Antoinette. Hi everyone. Today we will be discussing the season 6 premiere, Gossip. In this episode, it is the last day for the summer interns, Stanley sneaks around, and Jim and Pam reveal their big news. We kick off season six with a pretty iconic cold open. It is the parkour cold open. Yes, as Jim explains, this is a really well done cold open because you have Jim doing a bit of a voiceover or the explanation and Dwight, Michael, and Andy are unsurprisingly a group in this and they about five years late have found the parkour sensation and Jim says it was an internet sensation of 2004 and the goal is to get from point A to point B without touching the ground and I think the whole point was was this on YouTube was YouTube around then yeah that was probably the early days of so these early YouTube videos of like sort of this extreme just jumping from place to place. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is like when done correctly and not what, what Andy Dwight and Michael are doing here when done correctly. It is very impressive and very cool to watch. Like, Jim kind of being just like hmm, huh, is is very Jim of him, but like it, I would, I would, I guess I would agree that like, yeah, it is weird that it's it's weird that Michael, Andy, and Dwight are just doing it anyway, and they're doing it around the office, right? In a weird way, they're not really doing parkour. Jim says they're doing it if the goal is point A. From delusion to point B, the hospital. Because at one point, like, Andy leapfrogs Dwight as their parkour. And they do have a handheld camcorder. This is 2009 when this premiered. So still don't have advanced smartphones where you can take, like, video on your phone. And the cold open ends with... Dwight, Andy, and Michael on the roof of an adjacent building, I would say. I think it's just like a storage container. Okay. So they are, they have this like crazy plan. They're going to jump from the roof to, there's a bunch of Vance refrigeration boxes to one of those boxes off the dumpster, do a 360 off of some pallets, and then gain her into a trash can, which... (laughs) sounds insane and it is because they don't actually think about the area where they're at they're by the dumpsters these refrigerator boxes are empty and Andy jumps and they're all like encouraging him and he just jumps through an empty cardboard box this entire scene is very much in the vein of when Michael does the magic trick and he like (laughs) appears out of nowhere and just goes magic 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 so like if he says magic it is magic and so if he if they just yell parkour the entire time that's what makes them do it this what they're doing parkour that's a great point like the entire time that they make a move they just say 
it, it's hard to tell if they're saying hardcore parkour or they're just repeating parkour, parkour, parkour over it's, and over and it's, over. Well, sometimes it's the first one, okay. but sometimes it's the second. Yeah, yeah they, they think they're hardcore. The main body of this episode starts with introducing the fact that it is the last day at the office for the summer interns. But the plot of the episode is driven by, I'm not going to say the worst Michael, but it is very, very close. It is a rough episode. It's hard to say that any form of Michael is worse than season one where he is outwardly racist and sexist rather than the occasional racism and sexism that we see now. But in this episode, we see a combination of Michael's absolute need for attention and to be the center of attention and to be just involved in things and the complete disregard for any collateral damage that occurs for when he tries to be the center of attention. Agree. He is entirely lacking in consideration for others most of this episode. And I don't think there's a better representation of that then early on when he walks into the break room area, the room with the vending machines, and there are people talking about the interns and just suspecting if there's something between two of them. Michael's coming in on the tail end of the conversation and he so he doesn't hear it and he wants a repeat and there's not anything to repeat. As Phyllis says, there's nothing to know, it's just talk. Well, Michael says, if someone doesn't tell me, I'm going to scream. Yeah, he is very much a child. And in, especially in this specific situation, it, it's, it's kind of a situation where a turn of phrase gets taken one way when it is meant a different way. So what we see here is, like Antoinette said, people are sitting around in the lunchroom. They're talking about two of the interns who may or may not be romantically involved or into each other or whatever. And so Kelly says, if they get married before I do, I'll kill myself. Which is so Kelly. Yeah. And this is when Michael walks in and Michael goes, who's getting married? Pam says, nobody is getting married because literally no one is getting married. Yeah. But it also could be meant as, no, no, the, they are not getting, those two people are not getting married. Like we are shipping them and pushing their lives out years and years and years. Yeah, they're like 20 year old where, where it may not actually be a thing. But Michael takes this as dismissal and that nobody wants to share with him what people were talking about, which isn't necessarily too far from the truth but Pam was just trying to cut the conversation off right and Phyllis also tries to cut the conversation off by jumping in after Michael says I want to know you know if no one tells me I'm gonna scream and she's like there's nothing to know it's just talk it is very office it is just just like an office to have this gossip especially about 
young people, like a set of three interns, they're probably, or we know they are college students. I, this like describes my office to a T. If we had summer interns that were working closely with a group of people, I'm sure there would be, you know, gossip or an over-involvement in their lives by some people within my office. And that's what it boils down to is Oscar, Meredith, and Kelly suspecting there's something there and sort of wanting to talk about it. And so Michael, now that he has been brought into the circle, wants to feel even more a part of it by spreading this gossip. And so he goes to... literally one of two people that was not in the room and that is Dwight and he goes hey did you hear the news and Michael says that I can't even remember their names at this point I think Eric and Megan sure thank you um Eric and Megan are you know dating and Dwight says that oh yeah I knew that already because it's pretty obvious and he had heard that they went out on a group date with some other people and that it went pretty well. And so this kind of inf- not really infuriates Michael, but it's it's just kind of a punch in the gut that even Dwight knew more about this than he did. It sticks in Michael's craw because then he has this one-on-one telling the camera crew that he hates being left out. He hates not knowing. And so this is all this is about. This entire episode then is stemming from the fact that Michael felt left out about something completely mundane and it literally will not matter to these people in like two weeks when they don't see these interns every single day. We'll probably never see these interns again for the most part. And so in an effort to feel included and sort of insert himself even further in the situation that he has no business being a part of, Michael goes to the third intern, who I believe is unnamed, and tries to connect with him saying, I was the third wheel a lot. The intern has no idea what Michael's talking about because it was a group date thing. It probably wasn't just these three interns out on this date. And Michael's telling him platitudes about being the third wheel and the intern asks if Stanley was the one that told Michael about this and Michael's pretty thrown because why would Stanley be involved and Michael's the kind of first instinct is to say like Stanley was on the group date the intern says no we saw him you know I tried to wave he didn't wave back we saw him with his wife it sounds like they were at a club or a bar listening to music whatever Michael's takeaway from this interaction is to then go to the rest of the office and say, hey guys, I have news. Stanley's having a midlife crisis. He and his wife were at this club. They were there at the interns. They saw him. And Phyllis immediately dismisses Michael saying, first of all, his wife's out of town at an interior decorating conference. Second of all, Stanley hates crowds and youth and music. So you don't have your facts straight. Like, I don't think you know what you're talking about. This feeds into Michael feeling left out and like set up basically. 
And he goes back to the intern and says, you son of a bitch, you led me the wrong way. Yeah, can we talk about this where instead of Michael like internalizing this and being like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be just spreading rumors about people that may or may not be true, that I have no idea whether or not they're true or not. Rather than doing that, he goes and blames the person that told him this stuff. Exactly. And this intern has no skin in the game. It's literally their last day. They don't care. They don't have any connection to the Dunder Mifflin employees whatsoever. And so the unnamed intern is there with Megan and Eric. And so they corroborate this story and say, no, that was definitely Stanley. And Michael's like, well, his wife is out of town. It must have been his sister or something. And Eric was like, well, if that was his sister, what they were doing was definitely illegal. And Michael asked if it was drugs. And Eric was like, no, they were making out. And so Michael is now putting the pieces together. And he now has actual news. He has actual gossip. But this is different than the office shipping to college-age kids that won't be in the office tomorrow. This has real consequences on somebody's life. This is a very private part of somebody's life that, if it were to get out, could have a real impact on Stanley's life. Exactly. And so what does Michael do in this situation? He takes so much joy in the fact that he finally has big news. And he goes and he starts telling everyone. This part is just so gross to me. Yeah. Again, this is Michael not caring whatsoever about other people's lives. He is just so focused on the fact that finally he has a way to be included in everything and that he can finally be the center of attention here. He can be the guy that has this big news that everybody's going to want to hear. The center of attention thing is huge because that is exactly what is driving Michael because he goes and tells everyone pretty much individually. And in some cases, in very odd ways, he has Kevin do a hangman sort of thing. It is is very extreme. And so there is a moment when Stanley is walking out of the office to go on a sales call. And Michael uses the weird, like, almost like drive-up window thing that he has in his office to stop Stanley and just be like, hey, what's going on? You stepping out? And Stanley, as usual, just doesn't want anything to do with Michael and is just trying to leave. And he's like, I'm, I'm leaving on a sales call. Leave me alone. And he leaves. And right after that, Jim comes up to the window and just tells Michael, hey, you have to stop this. Because this could ruin Stanley's life if it is true. But most of all, you don't know if it's true or not. Yes, he's getting this secondhand, probably a a decently reliable source, the way that they all three corroborated this evidence. But Michael still doesn't 
know this, you know, a, a thousand percent. And so, again, there is, we are at a, a fork in the road here. Michael could either stop telling people because it hasn't gotten out of the insular office at this point. Everybody else in the office is smart enough to know, hey, this is something I should stay away from. I'm not going to tell anybody else this. So they're not going to spread it around amongst the office till eventually, at some point, Stanley's going to hear it somehow. Like, that's just how things go. So Michael could either stop it or he can do what he does and he goes to Stanley he goes to the source to find out if this is true or not yeah he has this weird confrontation thing with Stanley it's just odd because everyone else that's hearing this even if they're like hmm could be true they realize it's none of their business like there's no effect that Stanley's behavior well gross is having on anyone else's life like it's his business if he wants to blow up his marriage that's kind of his choice but there's not any part of Stanley's actions that's having a direct effect on any other member of the office Michael is the only one involving himself in this and now involving himself directly by stopping Stanley's car and saying, you know, let's get real here and confronting Stanley about, is he having an affair? Stanley initially tries to deny it, but once Michael says where he had heard this from, Stanley cracks because he realizes he has been caught. The woman he is having an affair with is the woman who was his rehab nurse after, we assume, after he had his heart attack. And he says that he was actually on his way right now to break things off with this woman whose name is Cynthia. And he asks Michael to not tell anybody, which, of course, is impossible because Michael has already told everybody. And as we have seen, asking Michael to not tell anybody is his kryptonite because he is absolutely going to tell somebody. It doesn't matter what that thing is. There are few moments of the office where Michael can rise to the occasion and typically they revolve around business. They do not revolve around interpersonal dealings or relationships. Stanley says, Michael, I'm really counting on you. He's very emphatic on this point so Michael feels guilty and the way he is going to fix this problem is to spread a bunch of false gossip and just tell everyone that you know everything is false and mix in this true rumor about Stanley's affair into the whole pot So then everyone thinks everything was false. The thing is, it's a small office. Michael's the one, you know, blabbing his mouth here. And he also comes up with just super bizarre things in some respects. Like, things that aren't really rumors. 
also he says some things that are very damaging and very just things that you shouldn't be gossiping about either. There's a weird storyline involving Andy that part of me doesn't even want to touch because it's very, very of the 2000s. And I will just say, I think I said off the top, this is not a great episode. It's not a great episode in my opinion. I think the last great season premiere was season five, was the weight loss episode. I was thinking ahead to the other seasons and they just, they just don't do it. This is where, for me, The Office gets a bit uneven. Now, I like season six for the most part, but it really, in my opinion, season five was a bit of the pinnacle and we're sort of on the back end slide for the whole series. So as you said, Michael's attempt to kind of discredit the Stanley's affair rumor is to spread multiple false rumors to so nobody knows what is true and what is false one of the rumors that he throws out there is that Pam is pregnant which as we know is true because Jim and Pam confirmed it earlier in the episode this is the first we're hearing of this quote like as we said in the previous episode you, you know what is happening you knew what was going on at the end of last season and so yes at the very beginning of this episode it is confirmed that Pam is pregnant they do say that they're not telling anyone which is everyone's right and Curtis and I have you know personal feelings on this but If you're out there and you know of someone that is pregnant, you should never, ever, ever tell that person's news about a pregnancy without that person's explicit okay and knowledge that it is fine to share that news. And this is a comedy, like, we're not getting into um, any of the downsides of pregnancy or anything like that. But Jim and Pam are just not ready to share the news around the office, similar to when Jim didn't share the news of their engagement. And partly it's because of what's happening in this episode. People are nosy. Right. Yes, this this is probably more, it is more related to the part about their engagement rather than the multiple, multiple complications that can come from pregnancy. They don't want to tell people that they are having a baby because the office is full of weirdos and people are going to just be act all awkward about it. This all comes to a head at the send-off party for the interns. It is your typical office party. There's just cake. There's punch. People are in the conference room hanging out and we can hear just little conversations that are related to the things that have been spread throughout the episode and at one point Andy is talking to Jim and says hey just wanted to say congratulations and Jim's like well for what and Andy says well I heard there's going to be a little tuna 
coming soon. And this kind of, you know, takes Jim by surprise. And at this same moment, Angela is having a very judgy conversation with Pam about having a baby out of wedlock. And so Jim pulls Pam aside and is just like, hey, did you tell anybody? And Pam says, no, I didn't. Did you? And Jim addresses the crowd at large and says, hey, has anybody heard any crazy rumors about themselves today? And this is when Michael comes out and sees that his work has been successful-ish. People have taken these little nuggets that he has been dropping all day and have spread them amongst the office. And so Michael takes this opportunity to say, you know what, I have heard all these crazy things, so I think we should just assume that none of it is true and let's move on. As everyone's sort of realizing that there's been just this crazy rumor mill going throughout the day Michael is slowly backing out of the room he's trying to extricate himself from the situation because they decide to just pick one rumor and trace it back and it's pretty easy to trace this back to Michael because it it was literally three degrees away Michael is trying to escape uh he is trying to get on the elevator and Pam says no do not get on the elevator. Like, come back here. Answer for this. So Michael has to admit that there was one true rumor out there today, but this rumor would ruin this person's life, so he made up all this other stuff. And one of the examples of the rumors that everyone's saying, so this wasn't actually true, was Stanley having an affair, which Stanley had not heard about yet, that had not reached Stanley, that Michael was spreading that around, and he starts to get understandably angry. Jim and Pam understand what the situation is. Obviously, they know that Pam actually is pregnant. There is truth to that just made-up rumor, just because Pam happens to be in a relationship and of child-bearing years. So Jim decides to step in, sort of saves Stanley, and says, yes, there is one true rumor, and it is that Pam is pregnant. So they're trying to put this to rest. Then Michael, though, who cannot help himself, says, no, that wasn't the one. That's not the truth. You don't have to step on this sword. And Jim says, nope, nope, it is true. Like, we have the proof. And they have the world's largest sonogram photo to... (laughs) show everyone that does sort of sway the attention off of Stanley off of okay this was the true rumor then it puts sort of some attention on Jim and Pam there's a lot of crazy questions and judgments and advice being thrown around I think I heard Ryan in the background saying don't get it vaccinated There's a question of who's the father. There's a question of how far along they are. How long have they known? All those type of things. Pam does say she's four months, so seemingly about 16 weeks. The the last 
five-ish minutes of this episode are kind of infuriating for a person like me who, as you have heard on this podcast, episode after episode, has rallied against Michael and saying he's just an awful, awful person. And I can't believe he's such a beloved character. Because we have seen the damage Michael has done throughout this entire episode, all for the purpose of him wanting just to feel included and to be the center of attention and just to be part of a group. And he didn't care who got hurt along the way. So now he has released this information, some very, very important information that two people were not wanting to share. And since it is happy news, people are now focused on that. The attention has now been turned away from Michael. Michael is now basically in the clear. People have now forgotten that, oh wait, no, Michael was the one who was saying all these terrible things about people. And like you said earlier, some of them are harmless. Angela is dating an 81-year-old billionaire. Some of them are terrible, terrible things that, like you said, have real consequences and maybe are things that people don't want out there. Kelly has an eating disorder. That's pretty personal and isn't something just to be like, ha ha ha, funny. Exactly. That is a real medical concern that is a real mental health concern that is not just a rumor for fun and so it's another instance where michael is a terrible person throughout the entire episode and then it just kind of gets brushed away due to other circumstances and michael then follows that up with another just whiny baby moment where he has Jim and Pam in his office and he is not focused on the fact that they have this happy news. He is focused on the fact that they didn't tell him and he is upset that he wasn't told first. Yeah, that or like basically there. It, yeah. It's sort of insane. It's very insane. And... Pam sarcastically says, yeah, we should have realized you're an equal part of this. And Jim points out they only recently told their parents. Like, this is not something that they were looking to let their colleagues in on. And for for both of them, there's also just professional implications of time off work and leave and, and things like that. That in which they would want to talk to HR at a certain prescribed time, not just on Michael's childish whims. So that basically wraps up this very frustrating episode. So let's go to the annex with Antoinette and find out any fun facts about the episode. This was the first episode to air post the success of The Hangover. So The Hangover would have premiered over summer of 2009, and then this is the season six premiere. So there was a little bit of concern from some TV critics that the burgeoning film careers of Ed Helms, 
Steve Carell and John Krasinski was going to result in the quality of the office sort of dropping. There's also some people that thought that this would propel more storylines for Ed Helms, which I believe it does eventually, not necessarily right away in season six, but it does propel him as a more prominent like character. The timing on this is odd. I mean, I, I understand that like movies don't get shot and then like two weeks later they are in theaters. But we know that Andy was shooting The Hangover like two seasons ago. In season three, yeah. When they did anger management and he had to leave. So, yeah, this is, I mean, that seems like it was forever ago. And The Hangover now is just in theaters. Yeah, I don't know a lot about movie making or the specifics of that, but... I would wonder if it was a sort of a long shoot because there's a lot of like stunts and things like that. And then they wanted to get it at the right time. Like normally big comedies premiere in the summer. So yeah, I don't know. But yeah, you're exactly right. If you think Ed Helms left pretty soon after Andy became a character left for that short period of time to film that movie... And then now is suddenly blowing up. That is kind of crazy. And the, the Hangover did better than 40-Year-Old Virgin did, which is really what propelled The Office on in season two and made NBC pick up the show because Steve Carell's star was rising. So last thing for the annex, I don't know if this is true since this is literally only coming up just now, but apparently Ed Helms and Brian Baumgartner were high school classmates in Atlanta. I listened to a podcast where Ed Helms was the guest, and this has ne- never came up. Interesting. So, and that would also be a kind of nuts, and I know sometimes this is how Hollywood works, but John Krasinski and BJ Novak played like Little League Baseball together and lived near each other outside of Boston so for there to be two sets of co-stars on the same show that went to the same like had went to the same potential K through 12 school is kind of nuts. Curtis who are the firings for this week? We do have a couple. We lose Kevin because after it is announced that Pam is pregnant he makes a couple comments about how much larger Pam's breasts have gotten. So that is Kevin's first firing this season, obviously. It's his sixth overall. We lose Meredith for sexual harassment because early in the episode, there is just like this montage of the interns doing intern things. And Meredith is trying her best to like just rub her body on one of the interns as he is doing filing. It is Meredith's first firing this season. It's her ninth overall. We lose Stanley because at the very end of the episode, when Michael is having his conversation with Jim and Pam, Aaron calls his into his office and says that Terry, Stanley's wife, is on the phone. And we learn that for some reason, Michael decided to call Terry. Just 
absolutely nuts. Like, Michael is taking this to such an extreme. And so he is getting ready to answer this call, and Jim and Pam are like, no, 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 you can't do that. You're going to tell her. And Michael's like, no, I got this. Here's the story I'm going to tell. It's going to be fine. And then he immediately calls Terry Cynthia. And he tries to fix it, and then he calls her Cynthia again. And eventually Jim just has to hang up the phone. And in another instance where Michael dodges, seemingly dodges a bullet, he is telling the camera that Terry already had her suspicions because he, she had seen Stanley out with Cynthia a couple months before that. And that Stanley had told her, nope, it's over with her. But Cynthia was persistent in pursuing Stanley. And so Michael has kind of gotten in the clear here because he didn't officially, he didn't actually tell tell Terry about Stanley and Cynthia. She right. kind of already knew. That doesn't stop Stanley from taking a tire iron to Michael's car and breaking all the windows out, ripping the soft top convertible top and taking out the side mirrors. And so for destruction of property, we have to fire Stanley. It is Stanley's first firing this season. It's his third overall. And then finally, we get to Michael, who could be fired for just about anything this episode. Mostly spreading rumors throughout the episode. But I guess the real, like, if you had to really point to something and be like, yep, definitely for this, at the end of the episode as kind of the cold close if you will like after they the definite end of the episode they go to a commercial they come back for a quick like 90 second bit and then they roll the credits in this bit they are the camera crew is talking to the interns just about what they learned uh for the the duration of their internship and the unnamed intern is of Asian descent of some sort, it appears. And he says that if you look even just a little bit like Jet Li, Michael will call you Jet Li, which is pretty racist. So Michael gets fired for that, definitely. It is Michael's first firing this season. It's his 49th overall. I think there could be an argument for everybody getting fired this episode. Agree. I think there definitely would have to be some sort of like, okay, guys, we got to do this two-hour seminar about how you can't spread rumors throughout the office Agree. now. So what is your Dundee for this episode? My Dundee is the No Resolution Award, and that just goes to this episode overall in the sense that last episode at the company picnic, Holly and Michael did that skit and talked about a branch closing. And there has been no update on the overall financial health of Dunder Mifflin. And so again, we have seen this sort of time and again, it's very uneven how it is handled as far as how Dunder Mifflin, the company, is operating. And 
also the regional manager position, Charles. We know that Idris Elba is was a guest star. You know, we're never going to see the Jan slash Ryan role coming back. And then lastly, just Michael's feelings with Holly. We know that we sort of left it, you could say there was a bit of a resolution, but we sort of left it as it'll happen when it happens. Like Michael will see her when he sees her. And and it's just weird that that didn't get talked about at all. There was clearly some, there was clearly summer happened. There was clearly a span of about three months time occurring from the end of season five to the start of season six. What is your Dundee? In the most Jesse Pinkman voice that I can do, it is the, he can't keep getting away with this, Dundee. And that goes to Michael. This is probably one of the most evident displays of him doing things that people would just hate him for. And, and avoid him and not talk to him. Yep. And he gets off scot-free. And then next episode, people are just going to be back to the normal relationship with him. And again, I say it every single time. Michael is not a person that people are going to want to do nice things for because He's a jerk. He's an asshole. He does things like spread false rumors about people. And, or spread true rumors about people. Right. For his own fulfillment. Yes. And so it just happens over and over again. And there is no reality where anybody actually likes Michael. Who is your employee of the month? This, there was really not an employee of the month this episode. And so I chose the interns because they don't have to come back. I have the exact same thing. And because of that, I would argue that there is a very clear employee of the month this episode. And it is the interns because they don't have to come back. Yeah, they don't have to come back to this toxic workplace. And also, I have been an intern in which they have a program, but they have nothing for the intern to do it is a long three months (laughs) so that does it for this week's episode please be sure to follow us on twitter at downsizing pod to get all the latest updates and be sure to keep listening on google podcasts apple Podcasts, spotify wherever you're listening to us be sure to rate subscribe like and comment wherever you can in order to keep getting our name out there We appreciate you guys listening, and we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.